It's the final shot, the last dance, the walk off into the sunset. Welcome to the series finale of Never Mind the Keywords. I'm Charlie Myler and with me on this slightly different episode is Nafisa Atcher and Dylan Heath. Guys, welcome to uh, the final pod yeah. of this series of it Never Mind the Keywords. feels How weird we? saying thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> sat, on, sat on this side of the... Yes, uh, we're, we've got a slightly different episode today. Uh it's the kind of last day at school, uh, fun time episode. We've got no guest. It's just going to be us three answering some questions that uh, listeners have sent in um, and some that have been sent in by our lovely team at Embryo. Uh, so I'm just going to dive straight into it. Um, and the first question um, is from Charlotte. And she's asked, what made us start, uh, never mind the keywords, and what made us kind of want to do this foul jamboree in the first place, uh, Dylan? Well, it was something we've been banging on about for what feels like eternity mm. now, I think. Mm. Um, something I've always been interested in. Um, when I came into Embryo, I started talking to you about it almost instantly. Mm. It was just something we felt would be a good move for yeah. us to do, something for the company to do. Um, seems like a lot of people in this space are capitalising on it. It'd be silly not to, I think. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, it's just a fun way for kind of us guys to have our voices heard as well mm. and tell other people's stories, which has been nice. Because I think we've had guests on in this series where they probably don't get to tell their story as often as they mm. probably should. Yeah. Like a lot of cool people yeah. um, with a lot of cool things to say. Yeah. And they probably just plod along the day doing their daily stuff. Whereas we've yeah. kind of given them a little... Bit of a platform. A nice comfy seat to sit on and yeah. tell the story, I guess. No, yeah, I think I'd echo that. I think we started it with no real kind of goal in mind um and i think we just kind of it just felt like a natural thing for embryo to be doing and we always talk a lot about i think i I'd imagine a lot of businesses have this chat about sort of being having a face of your business yeah, absolutely. and you can do all the kind of the service side of your business whatever that may be whether it's plastering or whether it's doing digital campaigns but i think having that human side of you is so much is so important now yeah. in 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 a world of social media which is a really <laughs> boring sentence to say but um yeah i think that was the kind of inspiration yeah. behind it um, i think there's also the the fact of like people buying to people yeah um, Definitely. You've, you've got to have some kind of personality yeah. there's a lot of businesses and i think particularly agencies they feel a little bit soulless from the yeah. outside i'm sure inside they've got great yeah, culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. great people but they don't really show that outwards very much yeah. and I think this is a really nice way for us to be able to show that with real people mm. behind the, the the email signatures do yeah you know what I mean like people can listen to this and like oh that's Dylan we work with Dylan before yeah. oh that's Charlie we work with Charlie yeah. that's Naffy we work with Naffy yeah um it, it just makes us more real I think and I think mm. what that helps conversations to fall a bit better on the professional side of it I think um the more comfortable you are, the more comfortable you are dealing with things with them, I guess, mm, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I get yeah, what you mean. No. I get what you mean. Um, yeah, I'd echo all that. I think it was just that wanting to bring that face to the to the business and give people some amazing guests that we've had on yeah. the opportunity to kind of tell their story um, to, to their audience. Um, Nafi, you've been part of the co-hosting team for the last series. Yeah. What, what have been a couple of things that you've learned about it given that I presume, I know you've had, you know, you've, you've worked in front of cameras and stuff before, yeah. um, but podcasting is slightly different. What are the kind of things that you've learned about yourself and about podcasting over the last 
12 episodes or whatever um one of the things is like i know it's like my nerves are slightly different when i've done a podcast compared to yeah. some of the other things i've been doing and also just the way that we format the show is very different to how you might yeah. format like a, a video or yeah. any piece of other video content yeah so i think learning how to do that and gain those skills is quite useful and it's nice to see like the interview skills that you got yeah. bringing that into it and yeah. getting the relevant questions and things like that absolutely as well. it's a fight it's like sharpening a knife or something mm. isn't it it's like yeah. you constantly need to sort of keep topping it up and i always learn something new after every time i've sort of yeah. interviewed someone i'm like not necessarily oh i wish i'd done this or this but it's more like right i'll do this next time for the next guest and i think that's a nice a nice sort of feeling to have yeah i think um i've learned that podcasting is a very um admin heavy job yeah. that isn't very exciting yeah. like okay. this Credit is the exciting you, bit you've done yeah. all the admin this is the exciting bit yeah this is the exciting bit that there's kind of two hours a, a day that we record but the other sides of it are quite just sort of admin yeah. heavy um but yeah i think that's probably even one of the most challenging aspects of hosting it is that i'm fairly comfortable at chatting to people but it's the just getting the people in the door so i'm eternally grateful to the guests that we've had on overseas one for giving up their time and you know come into this come into a studio and you know talking talking about them and giving up so much about themselves yeah. for yes, no guarantee on return no. you know I think that has just been that to me has been like the most humbling part of it yeah. it's been people yeah. coming it's, it's ace in it it's yeah. just it's because these people just don't have to do it yeah. you know what I mean yeah. they, they are like say taking the Pretty much everyone we've had on is some kind of young professional. Yeah. Like they've got booming careers going at the minute and they're taking time out of their incredibly busy days. Yeah. Just come and listen to Chat. us lot, ask them questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just such a, I think humbling. Yes. The right yeah. Yeah. It's like, thank you so much yeah. for just coming and sitting here with us yeah, for an hour. Absolutely, absolutely. They've, um, all, they've, all, sorry, they've, no, all, like, they've all like embraced it really well as well because they're quite in-depth questions that absolutely. we've asking. Yeah. And we've been able to kind of get to the root of what they do and why they do it and absolutely. like just wholeheartedly be vulnerable, which is yeah. quite hard to do sometimes yeah, when absolutely. you're in front of a camera. And things yeah, like you're that, right. So. You're, you're exactly right, Nafi. That, that they've, the, these kinds of podcasts are only as good as the the guests that you have on and I think the guests we've had on have been amazing and I think like you say they've really embraced the format and been really open and willing to just talk about their lives and their careers and all sorts of stuff and I think they've imparted some genuinely like I know I'm with my bias hat on but I think they've imparted some genuinely useful advice um in speaking of the the advice then there's there are millions of podcasts mm-hmm. and I've found it quite daunting when we were talking about setting it up and the the hosts and the guests and all sorts how we sort of pierce through that yeah yeah and i'm wondering what are the things that you took this question for both of you what you took to start what you took from the start of the inception of the show yeah how to how uh, let's try that again that was fucking terrible <laughs> can we keep that bit in please though yeah <laughs> I'll just send it to you. thank you <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering how you um, how we pierce through the noise there's so many podcasts out there there's so many people doing this kind of thing I was worried when we started this about how we were going to pierce through that noise and then I think I quickly came around to the idea that you probably won't and that's fine and do it because you love it and do it because you enjoy the process of doing it yeah. 
and over time you'll you'll build a, a maybe a small following but a meaningful mm-hmm. following i'm just wondering what you've learned about breaking through the noise in the world of podcasting i think and what advice you give to people for my side of it i think i've just been making podcasts that i've one enjoyed making and two mm. would enjoy listening to um i know that i'm probably a very big part of what our audience would be yeah. i take a lot of the boxes of what yeah. our probable target audience yeah. would be for this kind of thing so i i'm sat there thinking if i'd want to listen to that then yeah. i think that's a really good starting point yeah. for you wanting to listen to that yeah. and then naffy wanting to listen yeah. to that and then yeah. by extension everyone at embryo would probably enjoy listening to yeah. that and then people at other agencies like yeah. us would probably like listening to that and then it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes mm. i think um i think i think that's the yeah. way i thought about it and that's kind of why i felt quite confident in the way we've done it yeah like i don't think we've really had once we kind of set down on what our running order was going to be how we were going to structure the show we kind of ticked it off and went yes that's that's something we'd listen Mm. to and because we're we are that target demographic i think it helps up here at least yeah to give me confidence to just go on that yeah just run with it and kind of be fearless with it i guess yeah no i'd echo that as well i think we, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I ask the questions I would want being answered if I was listening yeah. to a podcast with a guest yeah. who I might not know a lot about. Yeah. And also I think we do a lot of, we breathe what we do yeah. a yeah. lot. And yeah. we would listen to these sort of podcasts, we'd seek them out because we want to learn, we want to mm-hmm. soak everything, mm-hmm. information in. But I also think as well, like the guests that we have, they're not the same as like other podcasts. I think a lot of the, general podcasts can have quite a similar guest on or have similar vibes and things whereas we've kind of looking at different industries different people who don't necessarily have that voice to share their story Mm -hmm. and what makes them special and i think that's what's so special about this podcast i think that's a really good point this could have very easily been a digital marketing podcast about digital marketing Mm. very very easily because we're a digital marketing agency um and i'm really glad we kind of haven't done that we just it's been it's just been a conversation every week, um, giving people information that they want to hear, yeah. um, or, or that we <laughs> we hope they. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I might just have been talking rubbish for <laughs> for the past couple of months. No, I know but, what you mean, but who knows? I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it's that, and that moves on to my next question that Lauren has sent in. She's asked advice on starting a podcast, which I know is a quite a broad topic, but I think I would say um, have a good sort of format in place for your own sake. And by that, I mean, block the show out in, have sections of the mm-hmm. show that you can do and get that sorted. To decide on what type of podcast you're going to be, because they all require yeah. different levels of work. Of if you're going to do some sort of story-like podcast, I mean, that is, that's something I'd love to do in the future, but that is a full-time Dif- job, which is, stuff. which is three times as the amount of work that running this podcast comes with, and this comes with a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you can't really worry about piercing through the noise just because there's so much trust you like dylan said trust what you're doing is authentic to start with yeah is um is what you would listen to is what you want to listen to that's the only real metric you can judge it on to start with because you literally have no idea other than obviously you can do market research you can look into what other podcasts 
Uh, I mean, this podcast was nearly called Out of Office. It was. And I, <laughs> me and Dylan thought we'd reinvented the wheel. Yeah, and then we Googled how many out of, out of Office podcasts there are. And there's about 12 of them. So we went quickly back to the drawing board. So PSA, do not call your podcast Out of Office. It exists 50 times yeah. over. Include, I think Bloomberg have one, which when I saw yeah. that, I was like, right, that's curtains. So there's a, there's a level of research you have to do for yourself, of course. But I think just trust your, trust your gut. Intuition. Intuition what you would want to listen to whether it what no matter what whether it's a business podcast like this is whether it's a, a sports podcast whether it's i don't know whoever your target audience is um do that and then i think be super conscious about who you have on what your podcast looks like and this is a message to the straight white boys out there including myself mm-hmm. is that make sure your podcast is as diverse as your the world that you're yeah. the audience that you're targeting is has got to be that i, I think, think that's, that's really the only way to make it authentic as well yeah. like we talked about yeah. you just literally mentioned making it an authentic thing it's not authentic if it doesn't replicate uh, if it doesn't kind of pull from the world that's around you yeah you know what i mean yeah what about you nafi have you got any kind of advice as a, as a co-host yeah others? no i was saying everything that you've said i absolutely agree with being authentic being having planning and doing the research i would also just say just do it yeah as well like yeah. if you have an idea you can there's so much work that goes into a podcast and if you let the fear stop you from actually doing it you could get stuck in the research mm. and the yeah the back end of the podcast before it starts without actually doing it mm. and because i had um an idea for a podcast and i was sitting on it for two years before i started even recording an episode it didn't go live because of life happened but like to that point it still like took long to get to recording yeah. an episode and yeah. it could have been a lot snappier if yeah. i just bit through yeah. the fear and did it straight mean. away yeah i think i would <clears throat> i'd advise that if you're thinking of starting a podcast don't worry and i say this in inverted commas <laughs> don't worry about the first three or four episodes yeah. Worry about what your podcast is going to look like on episode 50, on episode yeah. 75, and episode 100, because that's when it's going to really yeah. matter, I think. There's not a single podcast where episode one is just the best podcast no. you've ever heard. Yeah. No, no chance. No chance. There's, there's, you know, you look at all the, the huge big hitters out there and scroll all the way back to their first podcast. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's done through a mobile phone. Yeah. It most likely was. It most likely was. <laughs> so I think long term... You need to view podcasts in a long term sense. Yeah, view the medium in a long term way because it's not, you know, it's not. It doesn't have an expiry date like a tick, like a TikTok. Hi there, kids. Uh, <laughs> on the TikTok, on the granddad. TikTok, sixty-year-old man living in the twenty-six-year-old <laughs> body. Um, it doesn't expire like that, or, or an Instagram story. It's it'll be there for for a very very long time, and you'll mm-hmm. have the opportunity to sort of um, repurpose it, reshare it, um, and build upon it. So don't worry about if it not that if it sounds crap but like focus on the the building blocks of it and it will be good you know i really really believe that and it's been that's been one of the best lessons i've learned in the last however many months we've been recording it yeah i think like don't strive for perfection and realize that you'll learn things as you go Mm. along you can't anticipate what the curves curveballs will throw no you really can't um (laughs) and and also like like document what you're doing as well like like you know we have and i think people appreciate that value that you can give through document. I mean, the guests we've had on here have documented their lives to us and they've spoken about their process and things. And I think that's been really valuable for the listeners. And I think it's the same when you're looking to start a podcast. It's the honest truth of it all. And, and I think it's quite, 
it can give you a sense of like calm about it all, I think, because you can think you don't have to worry so much about it being the perfect product. It's not going to be the perfect product. No. And that's fine because it will be and you'll learn from those kind of things. So, yeah, I think that's the kind of in there, I'm sure, is there some nuggets of advice. Yeah. Um, let's move on to marketing in general um, because that's what we do day to day. Um, what piece of advice would you give to a listener who wants a career in marketing, Nafi, or has one but is in the early stages of it or is not sure where they should go what's your kind of take on that um, I guess it depends on which part of marketing yeah. you want to go into as um, as a content writer I would say just write yeah. I think you can yeah that's the only way you're going to hone your skills kind of figure out your style your tone of voice and how you naturally word things is just start and mm. write and I think that's the thing it practice in terms of whichever area of marketing you're going through. If you're like if you're in digital PR, for example, just going in there and kind of getting your name out there, speaking to the right people, sending that email, things like that. I think that's quite yeah. a, a standing point. To come yeah, up. I think sort of like you say, practicing what you preach or what you'll go on to do is a good way of understanding how you work. Just from a boring. You know, not forget the creative side of it, just the kind of building blocks of whether it's writing, whether it's designing a website or, you know, whether you're a graphic designer or whatever. I think doing it as a, not as a hobby, but as doing it as something that you do outside of work, I think gives you the idea of, okay, this is how I work. And then you then you go about finding the right group of people that kind of are willing to adapt to that or offer you the space to work in the way that you work. Dylan, have you, I mean, you've, been in marketing now for a good few years what's yeah. your kind of advice beyond just sort of content writing just in general of, of yeah I, th I think from my side I think something that I found really valuable um probably in the last couple of years of it not so much at the start is listening to people that are experts mm. um there's people that know more than me about mm. what I do um and I think just being self-aware on that knowing that there are people who you can learn from mm. You, you're not the complete package yeah. yet. I'm not the complete package yeah, yeah, yet on yeah, what yeah. I do. Um, so I listen to the experts we've got at work. I, yeah. I listen to the ex external experts. that we, We've done a yeah. lot of digging into people like Drayton Bird recently. He's an excellent copywriter. He's about 82 now. But, oh, really? Um, some of the stuff that he puts out, he's, yeah. he's still great to read. Um, just, it's, it, you never it's just playing. incurious. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. it's, constantly looking to oh, what well, can I improve that can mm. I improve that can I improve that I think the moment you kind of sit there and go no I'm perfect at that yeah. you're probably going to start getting worse at mm. that thing not necessarily in terms of the level you're at it's just that everyone around you will gradually get to your level and surpass yeah. that level yeah. you just got, got to keep keep ahead and keep ahead yeah I think um, you're absolutely right both of you and I think it's it, it can be hard because like nine to fives are hard the yeah. last two years have been hard traumatic I'd yeah. argue um, and it can be hard when someone says oh continuous professional development all that sort of stuff when you've just worked your backside off for eight hours for five days and you just want to chill and I understand that and I'm and I'm not certainly not one to preach working work, working as your hobby after work or whatever but I think treating your job as a as almost as a learning exercise as much yeah. as it is a productive exercise for a company or whether it's you starting your own business or you're freelance or whatever i think it's constantly improving and not not seeing it as a threat like you say that there are people ahead of you or that there are people that know more of you see them as an opportunity 
is a huge thing. Like I've learned just from being around peers and uh, that would be at the same level as me. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned from, and it's not a, that because someone knows more than you or because someone has more experience, they were you five years ago. And I think it's quite a, again, freeing thing to accept that. Cause it's like, don't yeah, worry, I've got time. Yeah. We got so much time. It's frightening how much time you've got. Um, and I think people need to think of, I would, that's my advice would be, be patient. Don't feel like you have to get to the top yeah. at the start because you will, you'll, you'll get there and you'll go, oh, is this it? And I think that's the scary bit. I think it's that, yeah. the, the, it's the journey along the way that's the main yeah, thing. Don't, you don't rush, rush to that ending. No, do you know what I mean? don't rush to that ending because, because, because you'll get yourself, you might get yourself there, but you'll get yourself there when you're not really ready for it yeah. as well. Yeah. So moving on from advice and what listeners can do if they're looking to start in their digital marketing, let's look at marketing in general what it feels like a mad industry it is it is a mad world of marketing isn't it i think yeah. everything seems to be changing but what are your kind of what are the beats that you're getting from your work what are the kind of trends topics big you know big events in marketing that you think are going to be prominent in sort of this year and, and then the next sort of five um i mean at the minute you, there's ga4 it's yeah. going to be a big one. I know we're doing a lot of work at the moment, trying to just understand it, yeah. wrap our heads around it, yeah. look at the reports around it, and also trying to like teach clients why it's going to be important as well. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a big thing, and it's going to require people far more clued up in it than me yeah. to explain it in its fullest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that I think that's going to be a talking point probably till the end of the year as yeah. clients slowly transition over into that kind of thing. Um, so GA4, just quickly, is Google Analytics 4, which is... Uh, Google's new analytics platform. So they are moving, they're basically sunsetting yeah. Google Analytics as we know it in July of next year. And um, we'll be using this new platform that kind of, long story short, uses AI and machine learning to kind of get around the uh, issues with uh, tracking customers, yeah. tracking users on the site. So that's very brief, very top level. But yeah, that's essentially what GA4 was about. Yeah, um, so that's obviously going to be a massive conversation mm -hmm. just industry-wide. Mm -hmm. There will be people who are experts talking about it. There will be people who aren't experts yeah. also talking <laughs> about it. Hello. Hello. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that's going to be a, talk, a huge talking point, but you're going to have to try and cut through the noise a lot with that mm -hmm. one because there's going to be people using the buzzwords about yeah. it who just simply aren't positioned to give that kind of advice. Yeah. Um, so I'd say just look for people you trust yeah, for advice on that definitely. kind of topic. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you know who your trusted experts are in the world of like SEO and digital marketing. Yeah. Trust them on yeah. that kind of thing rather than just doing a quick Google search and looking at who comes up first because that yeah. would be a scary way to find your advice on such a big, big thing. Yeah, I think GA4, the scale of it, I don't think I've comprehended. No, no. Um, but yeah, like... It's whoever, too soon. You know, to, to listeners, if you yeah. have your experts in your company or your world trust them on this and, and like act now-ish as yeah. well um so yeah Nafi, what about you what are the kind of trends or topics that you're excited about in in the world of marketing over the next year or two i think like inclusivity is like mm -hmm. a really big thing right now and i think there's a transition that i've seen brands do um, mm -hmm. and i think making sure that your campaigns across all different channels is inclusive but also genuine and authentic mm -hmm. as well because it's very easy to kind of come up with an inclusive campaign that isn't actually inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. So making sure it's genuine, authentic to the brand, authentic for your customers. Yeah. 
and also that it's reaching multi-channel platforms yeah. so like you can't just I've, i still see like brands and businesses mm. not having certain channels yeah. and i think you need to be where your customers are absolutely and especially yeah. today today's day and age so yeah that's i know like it's not necessarily like a trend but it's no, important it's, it, to it, you know, i think it is and i think we're lucky now that audiences are more clued up than ever on spotting you know bs basically yeah. from yeah. A, from a company companies can't Full be inclusivity yeah can't companies can't be can't i think uh people can sniff out when it's not authentic and if it's not authentic don't do it yeah Instead, all the money you were going to use on that non-authentic campaign, use it to like teach your staff about yeah. diversity yeah. and inclusion, yeah. teach them about unconscious biases, teach them about all these other topics that are going to improve your company, and also hire people, hire people that look like the world around you. Then go and do your authentic marketing campaign. I think that's the worry. That's the question people will usually have after is like, well, what if we don't have X, Y, Z? And I was like, well, don't do it then. You yeah. need yeah. find a different platform. And I think the multi-channel thing is essential now yeah. I don't think yeah. it's a yeah you can't pick and choose which social media platform you want to be on you don't pick and choose nope. whether you have um, an investment in SEO or digital PR or uh, PPC you, you have to have it all yeah. now I, yeah. I really do because if Instagram goes down tomorrow and you or you're, e you're, yeah. you're an e-commerce business and that's where business, you live and that's where you sold all your stuff yeah. business is kaput yeah. Um, so yeah I think yeah. those those things that you guys have mentioned, the, the kind of technical thing from GA4, uh, just on a nuts and bolts level, is going to radically change how businesses do things. And I think, like you say, Nafi, the authenticity and inclusivity and making sure that that is as real as possible, um, I think are two, two massive things. Um, I wanted to touch on skills versus attitude as well, because skill levels differ and I think I know where I fall on this debate is that I'd rather have, if, if people are listening and are wondering how to get into digital marketing and they're worried that they don't have the necessary qualifications or they've read a thousand job specs that say at least one year's worth of experience in X, Y, or Z, how important is attitude over skill set in your experience of working I in digital? I think it's miles more important attitude. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think I'm an example of that. I have basic level qualifications in digital marketing yeah um i did an apprenticeship when i was 16 yeah. for a year um did that prepare me for going into digital marketing no no did i kind of pinpoint this as an industry that what is it going to that was quite driven going into yes um that was six seven years ago now um and i'm now at a point where i'm working for a hugely successful marketing agency that's growing and growing and growing and growing and growing doesn't doesn't stop yeah. growing uh, i'm saying hello to a new hire every week yeah um i've got myself a really good position within the, mm. the business as well um i know that my work product is at a really good level and it's mm. like i think a, most of that comes down to attitude you learn the skills along the way mm. by surrounding yourself with the right people listening to them and just making sure you're at the level needed mm. to kind of get to where you want to go um <laughs> But I think nowadays it is easier than ever to get those skills as mm. well because people love teaching people. Yeah. Like you can just find people who has that who have that knowledge and listen to them and yeah. let them vomit their knowledge yeah. at you and just try and soak it in. Mm. Um, but if you've not got the attitude to want to do that, it's not going to work. You yeah. could be as talented as you want to be. Um, you could be the, the best writer that we've ever come across. 
like you you could have the best best written cv that we've ever had come across yeah. our desks it comes across with an article that is it belongs in a belongs in a shakespeare yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it, if you've got a bad attitude it just it just won't yeah. last you've got to want to you've got to want to get there haven't you yeah and definitely for me i just think attitude is here and yeah. the skills he's on yeah, yeah. it's not all the way down here but it's there's such a gulf between the importance of them yeah yeah and i think we're we're lucky we work for an agency that has that sort of yeah inbuilt with the culture yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think we you you do need to have a, a basic level of skill yeah, but of the attitude amounts to so much more because yeah. you have to be willing to kind of work together as a yeah. team you need to be work, willing to learn and take on yeah. feedback and grow as a person yeah. Yeah. within the skills and yeah job that you've got absolutely yeah i think yeah for yeah again it's be another piece of advice i think we'd all give to people is that the you'll get the skills with the right attitude you won't yeah. it doesn't work the other way around and you know yes there's more technical aspects to roles in digital marketing you know web developing and things like that but you know there's ways there's never there's n- mm, there might be more there might be industries like this i might be talking out of ignorance but there's i've never experienced an industry where you can cross skill more than in marketing once yeah. you're in um, yeah you can go anywhere within it can't you once you're in you really can go anywhere it's about just getting in and then once you've got the right attitude no not once you've got the right attitude you, if you have the right attitude which i'm sure every, all of our lovely listeners do mm-hmm. uh you can cross learn you can jump from role to role jump from departments to departments move to different agencies it's a yeah. very fluid industry yeah. and it's about recognizing that and knowing that just as i say humbling yourself at the very start of your journey and understanding that you're just you're just going to pick things up along the way yeah. and eventually those skills will just be a natural part of what you do and it'll yeah. be the attitude it'll be your aura is a bit ethereal but your kind of vibe mm-hmm. uh, that will get you to where you want to go yeah. i think i think yeah. only having the right skills it gets you 60 70% of the yeah. The way there, done it, yeah. and you'll hit a ceiling if all you've got is skills and a terrible attitude. Mm. Yeah. Um, whereas on the flip side, I think you could have you could have a lack of skills at the beginning, mm-hmm. but just the best attitude, yeah. and you can get to 90 percent. Yeah. Start learning those skills, and start getting yourself to hundred yeah. percent. It's like you've got such a low ceiling there mm. if you're just solely skills focused yeah. and never looking to have the right attitude on yeah. things. You limit yourself if you don't have a go-getting Absolutely. attitude, and you don't. Yes. Of take on new opportunities mm. that come to you and allow yourself to grow and flourish within that. Career. Yeah, I think it's about viewing your job in di- be it digital marketing, be it whatever, yeah. of almost your, your skills and that are kind of 40% of your job, yeah. 30%, 40% of your job, your communications are the other 30%, yeah. and your kind of, the way you go about being in a team is the kind of final piece of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good. That's a good way of looking at it because it you it puts the value and, and the importance on it all. Then yeah. rather than oh, I haven't got two years experience in X, Y, and Z. And I appreciate that 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 is hard when you keep reading that on CVs. It can be difficult, but once that first in is in, yeah. you you're away. Um, okay, okay. Um, let's wrap up before we do the quick fire round on each other, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Manchester, our home city, the place that we love, the place that we do business. Um, the place where we go for drinks after work. Um, I got asked this question. Uh, this question came in from Harriet, who asked, um, so if you're a new person comes to Manchester for two days, 
What do you recommend for them to do, eat, and visit? Ooh. I would say go around the northern quarter because it's got yeah. such an such a nice vibe yeah. and energy, and there's really nice places to eat, shops mm-hmm. to look at, and it's just it's just one of my favorite places in the city. To be yeah. honest, there's so much to do, so much character there. It kind of yeah. encapsulates what it's my the hub, is isn't about. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would probably be my advice as well. It's just go there. Don't worry about it. Just yeah. walk around it, soak it up. Yeah, don't stay at Sasha's. Um, don't go to Sasha's. No. Um, I don't know. There's there's just something for everyone. I think no matter what kind of person you are, you'll, fi- you'll find something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Whether you like an old man pub where yeah. you sit there in the corner with a pint of Guinness or you want a, a £20 cocktail yeah. on a roof bar, yeah. you, you'll find both of those things and everything in between them as well. Yeah. Um, whether you want some pub grub you want a Michelin star like you you will find everything we literally have a Michelin star now here Um, there's just something at every end every end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. if you're into your sports you can go and watch every single type of sport in the country here music it's such a hub for music there's there's a gig every evening at every event um, for every kind of music you could imagine like it's (sighs) don't over plan it I think because One of the things, this is with any city, but particularly with a city with so much character like Manchester, just walking around, you come across little bits of little streets and little yeah. shops and things like this. Because those are independent shops in Manchester mm. and you wouldn't necessarily know about them unless you're walking and soaking in the atmosphere. Yeah. And I think we get we can get so bogged down with like being here at a certain time and hitting yeah. certain things. There's a, there's a beauty of just having an afternoon wandering around and finding something. Yeah. yeah. I think walking is also a really good point. Yeah. Um, it's not London. Yeah. There's nothing that's more than a 20 minute walk yeah. away from you. If yeah. You're you can fast walk walker. the other side um, of the city. That's it. To get end to end, you're talking maximum half an hour walking there for the city, for the city centre. Like, and you'll stumble across so many things on the way, mm. like things that you, places I've never been, places yeah. you two have never been. Yeah. And you might love them. It might be your favourite bar in the world. It might yeah. be your favourite arcade in the world. I, I don't know. It, I've, I've not been there yet. Yeah. Um, there's so much to stumble across. I'd just say, weather permitting, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> just put some trainers on and walk across town. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, that probably is just because I've ruined Manchester. Even weather, I wouldn't wouldn't stop me from. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. oblivious to it now. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah, you're hardened. Dylan, Dylan's yeah. hardened by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd say bring a brolly and don't ever plan it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think that's a really nice way of putting it, actually, because you can not miss out on places, but I think if you plan it too much, you're, you'll be flitting about from place to place. Just soak it in. Um, there's, a, there's a community in the city, I think, that's rare, or certainly not one that I've not experienced having lived in other cities that this place has. And I think you can feel that when you go to x y and z place um you know so yeah that would be our advice is do a lot eat a lot visit things but don't over plan it um wherever you are there'll be something for you definitely. absolutely yeah if you're just gonna if, if you're gonna just go to the top 10 places that trip advisor said yeah you'll you'll miss yeah, so much yeah, yeah 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 have a wonder yeah i will say though there is one thing that you probably wouldn't get anywhere else if you're a football fan, mm. visit the National Football Museum. Yeah, yeah, that's a good because point. Yeah, uh, I, I remember going there. I went there the day it opened in Manchester. Um, it was very busy, um, but it, it's a good day out yeah. if, if, if you're into your football. That is. Yeah. But beyond that, we've got 
so much we've got more. loads of, we've yep. got the galleries museums science and industry yeah, yeah. like there's so much history to go and learn about manchester as well yeah in the good and the bad as well yeah there's so much to yeah. try and find out lots to do we'll um in the show notes we'll i'll get some recommendations off you guys and we'll leave some links yeah. to to them so you guys if you're listening and you've got a doubt in manchester or on the horizon you want to um you want to you want some tips and tricks of where to go we'll, we'll leave that in the show notes um okay, okay let's end on the quick fire round that we end each episode with um are slightly different this time because there's no guest it's it's just me <laughs> i will ask you two at the same time and i want your first answer no conferring um let's kick off with question one i'll go naffy then dylan favorite chocolate bar um so i would say no more it's a vegan chocolate brand and they do the most creamiest vegan chocolate i've ever yeah. tasted shout out dylan kinder bueno kinder bueno it's a good one biggest inspiration my grandmother love that um I think my answer. Best habit. Ooh. I like helping people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like getting stuck in and helping. Uh, I'm very curious, I think. Worst mm. habit. I overthink a lot. <laughs> Organisation. What would you change about yourself? My overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, b- besides just being more organised, um, I think it probably falls into but routine. I'm quite bad at routine. I think... I should spend more time trying to have a good routine. Describe your life so far in three words. Ooh. Um, normal, loved, um, wordly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, chaotic. Um, <laughs> fun. And friends, I think. Oh, I like that. Uh, what's something new in your life right now? Ooh, um, just something new in my life. Nothing at the moment, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> um, just bought a house. Uh, still still in the process. Everyone at work's heard me bang on about this house for <laughs> God knows how long. Um, still trying to sort that blinking house out that's a that's another podcast that's another po- dylan's yeah. house renovation yeah. diaries I yes. oh we need to see that for yeah, i shall leave that there <laughs> for this episode <laughs> what was your best subject at school oh um english and sociology were my favorite subjects uh, film and media huh? what does success look like contentment nice. yeah being satisfied and what are some books you'd recommend one of my favorite books i recommend everyone because it's one that I read when I was 15 and it's still one of my favourite books is Knots and Crosses by Mallory Blackman. Mm, yeah. It's such a unique take on a lot of topics that yeah. she touches upon. Um, I'd also say Atomic Habits. It's like a self-development book. It's one of the best ones that I've read. It's not very like preachy and it gives you like really practical advice that you can actually implement in your life. Mm-hmm. And also because I like film and TV. It's not a book, but it's a magazine, Empire Magazine. Fair enough. Um, I think my both fiction books. Um, it, it's a weird one for me because I used to be really bad at sitting down and reading a book, but last year I started making more of a conscious effort and those two books really moved me. And I think I'm quite desensitised sometimes to reading things because I sit and read so many words during a day. But The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night Time and The Book Thief, I found so moving. Incredible, incredible mm-hmm. books. So I'd recommend anyone read them. 
fab. Yeah, they're really good shops. We'll leave uh, links to all those in the show notes. That's all we've got time for on the series finale of Nevermind the Keywords. Um, but we will be back with series two at some point in the near future. So dry those tears. Uh, don't worry. Uh, your favourite your favorite bunch of hosts will be back very, very soon. Thanks to each and every one of you for listening over the last 12 episodes. Um, it has been... A amazing experience both uh, on and off mic. Um, thank you to all the guests that have come on and given up their time. Thanks to everyone who's left a review, uh, left a five-star uh, rating, which you can still do, by the way. Um, and yeah, thanks to uh, everyone that's been a part of it. Thanks to my co-hosts, Nafisa, uh, Dylan, Megan and Tamara. Um, you've been amazing. Um, so yeah, we will see you soon. Thank you to Greg as well, our amazing producer extraordinaire, who makes us sound and look so good. Um, Yes, we will, see, job. we will see you next time on Series 2 of Nevermind the Keywords.